This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So we're going to see one more small piece here and segue into the other Amma. So this, 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 um, this is a very beautiful process and everything is really wonderful. Um, he writes over here, to ensure this fidelity of Torah, um, and again, I'm going to skim through it, on the last month of his life, he, 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 he um, announced, you know, I've got another month, and anyone who's heard anything from me that is not sure, wants to clarify something, forgot something, um, please run it by me now. And um, he said, and he made sure there was Sefer Torah for each Shevet, and they learned everything in that month, Basically, from Rosh Chodesh Shvat till seven days and other, they learned the entire Torah, and they wrote up Sefer Torah for everybody, 13 Sefer Torah, and so on. Now, he writes, um, when he died, it all went over to Yoshua. Now, let's let's take a look at, I don't know how to, I'm not going to count the amount of lines here, it's about this far down, um, it's a, it's, um, after it says Soto Yud Gimlam at Beis on the side of here, it's, it's sort of in the middle of that first paragraph. A little bit like 60% down. Anything that was clear, <coughs> given from Moshe and passed on, did not and could not be argued with. Now, what about they did something that they didn't hear from Moshe? Some sort of some sort of lacuna that they didn't have. We began to use Yudgimel Midos to dash in the Torah. Some of those things seemed across the board um, right to everyone, and there was machlokes. Some of them there was argument. Some said, "I think this is the way to ask." Pasi said, "This way to go." Each one has reasons, and he's sort of entrenched. Um, it, it, anything that's derived through a process or a logical process, there will be disagreement. Logic is not something that is absolute. It's absolute because everybody thinks that they're logical. But, you know, it's... Uh, so when there was an argument, um, they, they would go by the majority rule. Let's explain that. The majority rule is not simply because it makes sense. Listen, it's, it's like when, when you have a country with a democracy, the, the majority may not be the wisest or the smartest, and some people even feel that that's a general rule. But at the end of the day, it's the best way to go. So here it's more than that. The Torah said... This is what Hashem wants us to do. 
So, so the question of what was so let's let's take an example in American law. Supreme Court is one that interprets the laws and the Constitution. So when they decide what's right, that becomes the law not because they're probably right or because they understood what the founding fathers meant. It makes no difference. That's the law. The Torah says, Hashem said, when you have an art, a valid argument, two sides, the Sanhedrin votes, you go with the majority, and that's what Hashem wants. So the word, can they make a mistake, is, is, is a very slippery word. Could it be that they did not, um, that they did not come up with what was intended? Possibly. We, we also believe that probably not, but it's possible. There's nothing about the system that says they can't. But is the absolute right thing to do what they said? The answer is yes. So we have um, another piece of Torah Shabbat Peh, we're going to see more about it soon, where an argument that arose in how to interpret something, the Sanhedrin deals with it, they debate it, the majority becomes the halacha. And, and even if somebody thinks he heard it from Sinai differently, um, it doesn't make a difference. When, when, at the time of Moshe, when it was the Torah and the Mitzvah and the Tairush, they probably could have been used for situations that arose that were not covered. Because those details don't cover, can't possibly cover everything. Now, living in the Midbar, where they had minimal amount of things, could be they never had situations like that. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu had a, a din of Sanhedrin. I'm not sure. That's something that's so sort of... Irish wasn't, wasn't at that point attached by the Yukimu to the, well, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that also. Uh, let's put that on hold. I, maybe we'll come back later to that. that that's a, a, another point. But new situation that arose, um, did it happen during Moshe's time or not? I don't know. He, he's, he sort of says afterwards. Okay, stop here. He goes on, he digresses to a topic that feels very important, and that is the role, or better said, the lack of role of prophecy in determining any halachas. He, the Rambam is very firm about it, and he just spends a lot of time discussing it. Besides the fact that it's something that, for a simple person, where a prophet says it is very important, and, and you know, and, and they think that they can they can mix into halacha, the, the the Rambam also was coming in the wake of Islam and Christianity, and both of their claims are that um, a prophet came along and um, trumped the halachas, trumped this, whatever it is. Um, whatever you want to say about it, it's not Judaism. Within the halacha, there is zero standing of a prophet in, the, in, in law, in halacha. A prophet is good for telling us things that are outside halacha. The prophet comes and says, you've got to go do battle with this in this country. The prophet says, everyone has to do truth on this thing, on that thing. As long as he's not deciding halachic issue, we must listen to him, and he writes with, with very strongly. If a prophet comes along and tries to bud in a halachic machlokas through prophecy, not, let's say, a prophet can also be a, a, a Talmud Chacham. He should be a Talmud Chacham. But if he's coming with prophecy, he has absolutely no standing. That's the point that goes on, and I'm not going to touch that. I want to now go into Hilchas Mamrim. This is the first page. So let's go back again to our good friends, the Karaites, or the Sadducees or the Bible-thumping um, Protestant minister. And he tells me that it's God's word, and do as your inner voice 
tells you. And I am your inner voice. But so let's read a parsha and see. Um, let's, let's let's go with it. Let's read it and see. Um, it's a parsha shoftim. It says, "Ki la mishpat." If something, if you have a question as regards a certain law, bein dam ladam. Which covers the gamut of different things, whether it has something to do with dam tamitar, chosh mishpat, nega lanega, any type of argument in your city. You must go to a certain place, meaning the the beis hamikdash, over there. You shall go to the judge, vidarashta vigiru mishpat, and you inquire of them, and they will tell you what's right. You will do by what they tell you. sitting over there in the, in, in that place, and you'll do exactly as they teach you. by the Torah that they teach you. So the Torah, the written Torah tells you that A, there is a specific interpretation. It's not what you think is right. It's not what your inner voice tells you. It's not what your God-given inner voice tells you. It's not what you think it means. There is an objective meaning to it. You may be able to figure it out on your own, or you may not. And then there is a very specific address where to go, and that's the Sanhedrin. Uh, the, 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 the judge next to the temple. So, if you believe in Torah Shabbat Sav, you must believe that there's something more than that. Because the Torah Shabbat Sav itself tells you things do not mean exactly what they say. They don't mean what you think they say. You have to go, because let's imagine that I'm not sure what to do. So, so uh, let's imagine was like, the, like that first case, that whatever you think. So I would ask the person that I think knows best. So let's say, what's your first name? Yosef. What? Yosef. I'm, I like Yosef, I think, has his head screwed on straight. He knows what to do. So if I'm a dad, I say, Yosef, how do you read this verse? And Yosef tells me, that's fine. So now, now I know what to do. My inner voice told me that Yosef's inner voice is great, and we're good. The Torah says, no, there is a, a specific meaning, and if you're in doubt of that meaning, there's a specific address where to locate that meaning. And that is an unshakable basis for the next phase of Torah Shabbat Peh. And now we'll go to that. Okay, let's look at the Rambam. So by the way, what I told you before about the Rambam's construction, let's read Hilchas Mamrim. These are the laws of rebellious, the rebellious one. Yesh Bechlolom Teisha Mitzvahs, it includes nine mitzvahs, three of which are mitzvahs essay and six of which are essay. And then he lists them. And so on and so forth. The Rambam's halachas follow this, the, the way he outlined the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are not in, in, in order of, of the way he written the Torah, but they're in the order that he will discuss it. And the amount, he can sometimes have five prakim on one and one prakim on one, there's no difference. But the Rambam's own safer, Mishnah Torah, was sort of a, a, re, um, a, 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 a revisiting or a, a recompilation of the same idea of Hamitzvah Pirusha. Very clear that that's the Rambam structure. 
So the Rambam says, Aleph, Bezdin HaGadol Shebeshalayim Heim Ika Peh. So when we speak of the word Torah Peh, we are referring to the Bezdin HaGadol. They are the foundation of Torah Peh. Two, Veheim Amudera. They are the pillars of instruction. Umehem, and from them, Now, the Rambam himself, the Rambam was an incredible, <coughs> an incredibly gifted person in so many ways. Um, besides that he knew it all and understood it all and had it together, the Rambam's ability to craft words is incredible in two ways. A, the precision, and B, there's a poetic beauty to it. Many people that are precise sound like a shopping list, which is not doesn't make for pleasant reading, especially if you have to do the shopping. Um, the, Rambam's, the, Rambam, the Rambam uses three terms here, and he's not the Rambam, in, especially in the Sefer Yad Chazaka, is never embellishing it with sort of a garnish like I'd like to sort of they are the 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 Torah Shabbat pair, the pillars of, of founding the Chokah Mishpat. He's, he's not using redundancies. Each and everything means here. And we'll see in a second. It reads beautifully. It, 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 and, and the Rambam is precise with the terms he used. Amazing. The Rambam, himself, um, the Rambam himself writes, I will use the language of the Mishnah to write my Sefer in. That's what he writes in Nakdama. He had extraordinary admiration for the Mishnah. And he writes that Rabbein HaKadosh was the most gifted person ever. Rabbein HaKadosh was brilliant. He was wise. He was pious. And he writes, and he was very gifted in language. And he says, I'll, show, I'll bring you a Gemara. And, and only the Rama teaches us, there's an Agadita that says, the rabbis did not know what a certain word meant. So they went to the maid who worked by Rabbeinu HaKadosh, and they asked him, what does this word mean? And she said, this. They asked him, what this or that? What's, what's the point of that? So the Ramam says, it's to teach us what kind of linguist Rabbeinu HaKadosh was, that the maid who worked, who worked in his house could answer questions of the rabbis in language. It, it's teach us Rabbeinu HaKadosh's greatness in language. Incredible. Ram writes this. But so Ram himself, you, you see from what, a, from what someone admires, Ram himself's language is incredible. And the Torah itself relied on it. The Torah said, I'm telling you to rely on it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, these people are reliable. Shenema, it says, Al Torah she'erucha, so mitzvah sesei. In other words, Al piyatorah she'erucha means whatever they tell you. So the Torah says, it is, you are doing God's will by listening to these people, because they will set you right. V'chol ha'mamin, b'moshe rabbeinu Torah if you believe in Moshe rabbeinu's Torah, chayiv lismoch, ma'isa da'aslehem, v'shanehem. Then you have to, like we read before. If you believe in the written law, we have a, a, a whole parsha that tells us refer to the Sanhedrin when in doubt. Then he says, base. If somebody doesn't listen to them, he's overlosser, and so on. Now, in base, go down two lines, and now the Rambam explains what is it exactly that they can tell us. Echad dvarim shalom the first instance of what we need to listen to the rabbis is, you know, in time we forget stuff. 
especially Gemara's were not printed, and we had to learn it Balpeh. And we're hazy about um, what exactly, so did Moshe say that every plant life is good for, for Schach, or is it only trees? And we don't remember. So one is to, to, to sort of refresh our memory in terms of, of, of the Torah Shaval Peh that we spoke about. Two, if doubt arises, either they don't remember a detail, or um, a new case came up that they never had any instruction for it, and they used Yud Gimel Midas Atoni Reshbehen, that's the second instance where their word is, is binding. Third, the Echad Varm Shasom Siag they can legislate themselves halachas. And they can say, Rabbi Isai, you know, keep a starting Shabbos exactly at Shkia is bad news. People really are messing up. We prohibit Midrabban and anyone for a half hour before Shkia to do any Mlach on Shabbos. As a Rabban and together, it's binding, absolutely. Kol Echad ve Echad. Any one of these three things, there's a mitzvah's essay to listen to them. And if you transgress it, there's a losase. It says losaser. How does the Ram the Ram says, where do we see in the Pasik these three categories? Let's go back to the Pasik again. The, the Pasik mentions three different uh, categories. Three different categories of, of things sort of are mentioned in the Pasik. It says like this. It says Now, Torah means instruction. Something that I'm telling you, commanding you what to do. It's as if I'm making a Torah. I'm, you know, Torah means God's commandments, God's instructions. This was the best translation. So that means the rabbis have instructions. <coughs> so if the rabbi says, the rabbinim got, you know, the Sanhedrin got together. Let's talk about the, 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 the case with the, the Sanhedrin got together and said, we need to make a law stopping people half an hour before Shabbos so that they don't run the Shabbos. That's called the Torah Shirucha. That's where they are legislative. Then he says, um, These are the takanos and the xeros. So sometimes these are positive things, like Hanukkah and Purim, where we said it's absolutely vital for our nation to remember the tremendous miracle and commemorate it. It's, it, it's, it's something that's vital for us to know. Or you, 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 keeping away from muks is vital so that we don't come to Michal Shabbos. So that's one category. Then it says in the next pas in, in, in the next line it says vala mishpat The word mishpat means in in um, it means judgment. It's where a person weighs something and he makes a decision. When we speak about mitzvahs, the difference between chok and mishpat, where chok is an absolute something that our mind could not determine, whereas mishpat is something that our mind would or could determine. So when it says the mishpat, 
Asha is referring to things that the, through reason they said this must be it. That's using Yud Gimel Midas in, in the context of using a reason judgment. So this is interpretive. Um, and he says, so that's the second category, going upwards. It says, The word Haggadah in Hebrew, the primary word of Haggadah is testimony. Haggadah's edus is the testimony of of of, uh, of of witnesses, and the Haggadah that we say is the testimony of Chai Yisrael to what happened in Mitzrayim. The word Haggadah, the word Gid, it's fascinating. The word Gid in the Gemara um, and used in the Mishnah and Gemara has a vague meaning, and we have a hard time pinning it down in modern biology because a Gid can refer to sinews veins, nerves. And the common denominator is any type of long connective tissue is referred to as a gid. Even the male organ is referred to as a gid because it's a connective tissue. So gid, the core meaning of gid is to connect. So Haggadah's edus is there was an event yesterday. I'm standing today these people's these people's testimony connect that event to here. So the just was so so the so the Bezdin Agadol's uh, uh, memory is seen to be the best memory, and they connect. They're being means the testimony. Their testimony is the one that you most relied on. Those are the three different categories. Yes. Right. 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 Not sure why why he changed there. Um, okay, so so we have so let's sum up what it says over here. Um, we have three categories for which the Bezdin Hagadol is considered the absolute authority. One is telling us recall, telling us the memory, the collective memory of what was said to Moshe. So if we're in doubt, their, their sense of, their memory, if they remember, is considered to be the standard. Two, when a, a judgment call is needed to interpret and extrapolate from mitzvahs to situations that are not in that Torah Shvalpeh. And three, when it's necessary to promulgate takanes, laws, whatever it is, um, in order to enhance the situation of Yisrael. Um, I, I want to just point out something interesting. It's a bit of a side, but it's it just, um, I, I think it begs for itself. There's a famous question. Yes. So, meaning, anytime there are things that I can't see in the Torah, 
that I need the Sanhedrin. So one is Hanukkah. So, so, so Hanukkah would either it's either it's not in Kippur, but it's sort of it's meant just to add to their power, or it's meant just because I don't understand it, don't know it. They are the ones that can do it for us. I don't know if that would be in the Kippur, but the the, the the Torah says you're coming Sanhedrin. Let me explain to you what the Sanhedrin can do. Um, so the the, the, the Hagodol is really the the body that we call the Chachamim. It requires two um, or, or elements to make them valid. One is, um, th- you know, so, so let's let's ask the question. Let's let's beg the the question that we're going to answer. So uh, great. So everybody is on board that the Sanhedrin tells everyone to and so on and so forth. I've got an idea. I'm not terribly happy with the Sanhedrin today. Not terribly happy with with my local uh, rabbi and rabbis. I'll make my own. So I will go to different cities, same city, different country, same country. I'll make my own Sanhedrin. So the rabbis made a Sanhedrin. The Sukkot made a Sanhedrin. So now we have the rabbinical board, the rabbinical assembly, the, 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 the rabbinical congress, the rabbinical... You know, we'll just take out a thesaurus and we will have as many rabbinical assemblies, uh, you know, go from... What? Association. Association. Uh, you know, go just, uh, it just takes some time and you have enough ground. What stops that? It, it, which would again be defeating the purpose. If everybody would make his own little shtetl, then, then, you, then you're back to square one again. The answer is there are two requirements, how of your minds, for something to be this, uh, 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 a Sanhedrin. And by the way, the word Sanhedrin is a Greek word. The real word for this is in Haggadol, or the Bezdin that's in, 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 in the Lishkas Haggazis. A, the members are Musmochem Ishmipiish. In other words, the court is self-perpetuating. The court decides who is the next one that, that is worthy of being in it, and that's how it works. So they keep appointing new people. They don't have to be appointed to the court, but they make a roster. As when somebody becomes eligible enough, enough, they give him smicha, and he's in line, and so on. There's a whole process they describe. But the, the, the overarching theme is you can't get up and make your own Sanhedrin. That's one. Two, um, you must, the, these laws have real effect only when they're sitting next to the base Hamikdash over there. It's minamakom, positive positive terms. There is some element, some of these elements, we can, we can, we can adapt it to other cases. A town has a, a, a business on, but, but the core halacha applies to the Sanhedrin when they're sitting in Lishkas Hagazis, and that's that. I, I could, you know, let's do an interesting aside for five minutes about something that happened. So, so there's a big problem with this. We haven't had a Sanhedrin for the longest of times, before the Chorban. So does that mean it's over? Are we finished? I mean, so we can never have a Sanhedrin. Mashiach doesn't have smicha. Al-Yahanavi doesn't have smicha. Maybe al has, because Al-Yahanavi. But that's it. So, so as far as we can assume, we'll never have a Sanhedrin again? How, how, what's going to happen? That was an interesting issue. So the Rambam writes over here, the Rambam is, he says, this is one of the handful of places, the Rambam never writes anything that, a chiddush of his, anything that he's come up with, the Rambam will always, um, just, he's interpreting the Gemara, he's putting the Gemaras together. There's a handful of places, the Rambam makes, always writes, you rarely, this is not something that I've seen, but something that I feel a chiddush of mine. There's a handful of places like that. Two handfuls, not more than that. The Ramam says, you rarely. 
that if all the Rabbanim, all the Tamechacham of Klal Yisrael would get together, they could create <coughs> smicha again. They could create smicha. And that's how Lashid Lava, when Mashiach comes, all the Rabbanim get together, all the Tamechachamim. I guess first thing Mashiach will tell us who is the Tamechacham. I guess that would work. And maybe in times Mashiach, all the Tamechachamim could sit on the same table and be on, on board together. And they would start the smicha process again, and that's how it starts. That's what Ramam writes. Um, they tried to do it once. And in, in, in the 1500s, they tried to start the smicha again in Sfas and the Maribe Rav. And one of the four people that had smicha is the Beisosa who wrote the Shacharach. Um, it was shut down because one of the Rabbani Yerushalayim, the Malbach, was fired against it. He had many reasons why he felt that luckily it wasn't appropriate. There was a major, major battle. But and, and, and there's, there, there are very, very sharp exchange, halach exchanges that are recorded. We have in the back of Malbach. I mean, it's recorded. And at the end, he, they had to back off because even by their own reasoning, the Malbach was one of the Gdolador and he was not on board with it. And it's a, a very fascinating chapter. And the one thing we have left from it is that the Beisosim had smicha. So who knows what, what, you know, whatever it is, but the, the, the Shachar has become this golden standard for us. So, you know, those are things in Shemayim. Did the Marabach hold that it didn't work or that they shouldn't have it? He had many, many tainas against it. He felt you're creating worse halachic problems by instituting it. He had, it's, it's voluminous. He's, his attack is at many levels. Most of it is that they will be creating more problems, unsolvable problems, by having Sanhedrin. Things but, that, but it's possible that there was a difference, a qualitative difference in the base Yosef and other folks who may existed throughout history. I don't know. You know, I, I just don't. It's something. To, it's something to think about. I, I don't. But the fascinating thing is that Beisos was not number one. He was number four on the roster. How did they even do there the were three. Th- no, so all, board, no, they, they. He was living in Shlaim. He didn't send his opposition to later. So they had gotten together and they gave the Maribe Rav was the most chashev of the group. They gave him, and he was the Rebbe of Beisos. And then they gave three others, Beisos included. And um, and then the Malbach started very very strong attacks back and forth, really sharp. And uh, whatever, it's, it's, it's a fascinating chapter in history. I just wanted to mention it's one of those things that were, at, at the time, it was something that shook the world up. It was really incredible. Okay, Gimel. Now, uh, one, one more side piece I think is, is an important note. A question that has been asked is as follows. The Torah says that you must um, listen to rabbis, and it's an iser, of Osasar if you don't listen to them. So the Torah prohibits not these rabbis. So let's ask the following question. A person cooks chicken in milk. It's only rabbinic prohibition. Does he get malchus or not? You say it's only rabbinic prohibition. But every rabbinic prohibition is a Torah prohibition because of Osasar. So almost automatically, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like when you shoot... Your, your email to a different address automatically. So it really makes a difference what you wrote. It's going to end up there. So, so why? So do we have a distinction between rabbinic or, or prohibition versus a uh, Torah prohibition? So the, the common answer, and it's also brought in a few places, uh, I think my Rick might be the first to write it, is as follows. A person is faced with a chicken and cheese sandwich or um, cooked together, and he eats it. Why is he eating it? Is it because he has such an appetite for it he can't resist? Or is it because he says the rabbis have no business adding to the Torah or tell me what to do? If it's the first one, 
he's not transgressing a Torah law. The Torah said, listen, I'm listening to rabbis, but you know, I even sometimes do meat, I even sometimes do meat milk, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I have a big type of it. I'm not, I'm, it's not because I'm bucking the authority of the rabbis, it's because I want to, you know, I'm, I'm either not terribly observant or, or whatever it is. So that would be only rabbinic, because the point of transgression is the meat and the milk, the chicken and the milk. If I say rabbis don't have any business and what to do, they have no authority, then I'm bucking the authority. So depending on what the person is doing, that will determine is he transgressing a Torah law or rabbinic law. That's, um, okay. Let's just see one more piece here. Um, two more pieces. Gimel. Divri Kabbalah ema machlokes la'olam. Anything that is given from Sinai, we have no machlokes. And any issue that has a machlokus, we know it's not a kabbalah Now, this is very hard. Is is this a sign? In other words, what does he mean to say? If 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 there's no machlokus anymore about something, then yes, we have it from Sinai, but maybe they have it wrong. Just maybe just nobody caught it right. On the other hand, if we have a machlokus. Um, one of the sides might be right. It's not clear what that means. The Ram says this the time and again that Allah Moshem is are things that come search from Sinai, there's no machlokas. Udvarim shalomedim in adin, things that we do by deduction, like said Yomidis. Imiskim alayim bezna godl kulam reiskimu. So if everyone agrees, fantastic. Vim nechleku bahen, hocha acharov. If there's machlokas, go after rov. Umotzin hadin acharabim. And the halacha becomes like the rab, as we mentioned before. Vichain exeris and takonis. If there's a question, is this appropriate or not, we go above the rove, and we and, and that's how it is. Dalit four. Keshehoya bezn hagodl kayam. When there was a bezn hagodl, lohosa machlokas b'israel. There was never a permanent argument in Kal Yisrael. Elakol din shanolibos sofik lachmi Yisrael. Any halacha that anyone had a problem, shol bezn shabiro, he would inquire in his local bezn. Im Yodu, if they knew Amalei told him, if not, they would go together, the person with the question and the Bezer Shalayim, so there was there were three Batidinos, the Harabayis, Im Yodu Amalei, Im Lava Kol Boron, the Bezer Shalpes Chazora, Im Yodu Amalei, Im Lava Kol Boron, Lishk Sakoz, was another Shalayim. So they had two other instances of Batidinim before, to sort of reduce the, the workload a bit, and if they didn't know, everybody went up to Bezna Godel. Now, what did Beznagodl do? Im hoya dovashol ba sofik la kol. You do it to Beznagodl. Beim piya kabal, beim piya midash adonah bo amimiyad. If they knew and they had certain knowledge, they would go with that. Im loya dovabar it's Beznagodl. If they didn't know, they would, um, they would deliberate. Donim bo bishaton. Vinosim vinosim bedavashas himukulam. They would try to read a consensus. Oh, yamdu laminyan viyelchu acharov. They would then take account and go with the majority. And anyone who asked, this was the law. Everyone in the Bezdin had to go along with it. In other words, you could not rule any differently than the Bezdin. And when the Bezdin Agadol was, um, was, it became it nullified, Rubs of Machlokas Yisrael, you have this tremendous Machlokas in Yisrael, 
Some people, you know, everybody does what they feel like and so on and so forth. Um, does Machloichus mean the same as we understand, like Yes, yes, Shem is exactly it. In other words, and, and let's talk a little bit about this point, and this is where we're holding, this is where we're holding basically. Um, people today say, could not all the rabbis agree, let all the rabbis get together and agree on things, and why do we have so many different schos and so many different sounds of that? Um, there was once one of the chief rabbis in Israel who had great ambitions. He was the rabbi of the army at the time, and he wanted to make one Nusach Tfilah that would cover everybody. He said, and he came to Ben-Gurion, who was not a religious person at all, but he was a very sharp person. And he told Ben-Gurion, he's, he's, he's fed up with this. He says there are 12 different Nusachs in the army, and that's crazy. He is going to make a unified Nusach. And Ben-Gurion said, at best, you will succeed in creating a 13th Nusach. But you, that's not saying it's unified. But it's if people ask, why can't I ask it? And, and, let me, and let me explain why. A Talmud Chacham, as somebody who is of, of rank, not got, whether you got a piece of paper, or not, it, it, if it's an issue where you have standing. In other words, you're a Talmud Chacham who can, who, can, who can adjudicate it. If you have an argument with somebody else or with many other people, you need to do what you think is right. Now, humility, it requires that if you feel the other people um, have, you know, if, 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 if there are a dozen people that I feel are worthy, and I think differently, anybody who's got uh, 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 some semblance of humility and some semblance of to ask themselves would say, you know what, I don't see it, but I'd be, I'd be scared to do it if everybody else thinks it's wrong. But let's say I'm in a situation where I'm much smarter than everybody else. And you have the Gemara says, Reb Meir and Beishamah was smarter than actually. And we're sitting together around the table, and everybody says their opinion. I know they're wrong. I know they're wrong. But they're 10 against 1. I don't, I'm not allowed to um, just give in because I think it's wrong. In a Sanhedrin, I must give in. And, 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 and that's the, 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 we don't have a body that obligates any member. So, so it is something, so, so for instance, the Vilna Goyen, um, if he would sit with another dozen people, so what the 12 to 1? So in a Sanhedrin situation, if one was Vilna Goyen, the other people were Chashat HaMachamim, the Vilna Goyen would have to give in. And this is a famous case in, in the Mishnah in, 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 Yom, in, in Rosh Hashanah, where Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Gamliel was head of the Besin. Rabbi Yeshua argued with him, and Rabbi Gamliel forced him to hold Yom Kippur on his day. And when he finished, Rabbi Gamliel said, you are wiser than me, and you are humbled. To, you did right in listening to me, even though you might be wiser than me. That was the gist of what he said. So, so we, part of what we must spowl for when we misspell Shiva Shaftenik of is, we really don't have one Torah. We don't have the instrument that can create one Torah. Because Torah is about truth. And the Torah did not tell us to listen to other, to a majority, when there's not a structure in place. Now, on a local level, so let's take, it's one of the, 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 the problems, the way, the way communities are today. In, in, in Europe, where communities were smaller towns, and so on, you had a very unified community, and halachically, there are prohibitions from doing differently than 
than than the, the than the tzibur. You, know, it's a, 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 you had a town with three hundred families, well, also a very large town, four hundred families, and one rav with a dayan and and, and and a bezdin, and his word went. And the kahilas minhagim, what the minhagim there with and so forth. Today you have most Jews live in a place like New York, which is a jungle of 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 uh, everything under the sun. There is no community. There's no rav. There's nothing, and 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 so so, so it's it's a free for all, and it's and it and unfortunately we lose out a lot because of it. Yes, I know it's very convenient that you can you can always find a shul that's not saying tachlan on any given day because this one has this yard site, this one has this place as well. You can find a rav that will be makel or machme as you like, depending whatever you like to do that morning. You can you know it's like it, it, it's but you lose out on it. There's no semblance of kehila. So in places that you have a structure that's a kehila, you have a city with one bezdin, as it's called, um, you have a, 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 you do have a lochus that you're obligated to listen. It's not it's not the rice, but but it echoes it. The, the, one of the one of the political issues have been in Yerushalayim, for instance. They had um, a Sephardic killer was dominant for a very long time. Ashkenazim came, so could they just set up their own shop or not? Um, you, the, the Ashkenazim Yerushalayim were kind of monolithic. They all had they all wore the same garment. They all had one best and so on and so forth. Gerich Sidim came en masse, and they said, we, "We're our own community." We're coming as a community. We, we're not. There's nothing you can do to force us. What do you do in a city in a community that has one community? But then a group of people move in. I don't know. Those are those are those are questions that have created tons of machlokis. How, how does this play out in the difference between the Ramon and the Shulchan Aruch and the Klaveri Where the, the Shulchan Aruch still has a din of Akharei Alimnahatoyt, and the Ramon goes after. So, so there's a lot of issues with that. Also, you know, it's 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 interesting because there are Klali which is called the rules for paskening. But there are many machlokas within the Klali Ura, so it doesn't help much. The, the Chazanishman said, in a, a, a group of poskim that were not Ahmed Laminyan, if they didn't sit in one room as a Bezdin, there's a tendency to go with the Rove. There's a tendency to go with what many say, but there's no obligation. And, uh, and, and there's also a question of how to evaluate different poskim. There is no... There is no um, unanimously accepted group of klolim, <coughs> hard and fast, that everybody ascribes to. And basically, we're helpless with that way. And therefore, the Torah is, you know, what, there's shown him right that the reason for this is that the Torah doesn't become a thousand Torahs. It has become a thousand Torahs, unfortunately. And that's part of what we're spelling for, that when we have a Sanhedrin, it, it's not just a technical, I, I want to explain something. It's not just the technical tools for enforcing and fitting the mitzvahs. It, it's the truth has to be derived by understanding all the different sides and reaching a very clear hachra. Hakadosh Baruch gave us out to the Shmaya, to the Bezna Gadol who sits in the Lishkas Agazis to have that. Um, we don't have it, and that's what we must follow for. It's, it's one of those things where Hashiva Shlitzin for is one of those fillers we have a hard time with. We understand Parnasa, check, no no problem being mechavin. Refua, check, no problem being mechavin. Seichel, smart people have no problem they have to get to that Seichel and so on and so forth bringing Mashiach, okay gathering the exiles who are pushed away, we look at people that are assimilated out okay, those three bringing back the, the Sanhedrin it's nice it doesn't particularly in any sense uh, you know, motivated we don't feel we're missing very much but the truth is, 
we're missing the, the, the center. So the Torah is a lot of bits and pieces. It's like a shattered dish that could be put together someday and, and be a beautiful dish. Right now, just slivers. So yes, each sliver is like a... Di- Imagine somebody has a crown made of diamonds and it was dashed and diamonds are scattered all over. So each diamond is a diamond, but, but it used to be a diamond crown. And and we don't have any way to put it together until it's a level. So, and how does the yachid, as a, like a simple, like a, a balabas, who's not in, in the end of the day to choose your own adventure? Because ultimately, you can pick your rub. Yes. What mechanism does he use in the process of choosing a rub? That there's so many. Different Very good options? question. Um, so let me qualify a little bit. You're choosing a rub, and you're choosing a kahila. A kahila, in the broadest sense of the word, it should be chosen based. You need to have, I think, two criteria for choosing a kahila slash rav, which which sort of is, should be the two sides of the same coin. One is you feel the person is sincerely an over Hashem of stature. Because this person is somebody that is striving for the divine and the godly and the good and however you want to describe it. And secondly, it has to fit your, I will use a Hasidic term, Shorish Neshama. In other words, I firmly believe that a Ger is a movement that's seeking Hashem. I firmly believe Brisk is a movement that's seeking Avodah Hashem. I firmly believe there are many other movements that are seeking Avodah Hashem. For me, I need to find the place that fits my Tchunas HaNefesh. It means that when I have that, I will accept the difficult each group has the things it's machmeron and the things it's mekelon. The things I'm, I, I'm not looking for community that is because an easy way, unless I can't handle a difficult load. But but I can't to choose somebody that just give me an easy way out. Then what's the point of it? I, I, um, it's it's very important to understand that. Um, it, it, let, let's take something that you know. Let's take something like modern orthodoxy. Modern orthodoxy is. Two faces to it. It's a group of people who feel that Torah must be viable in the outside world no matter what the challenges are. And it means I can spend a dozen years in medical school, wear my yarmulke, or not wear my yarmulke, keep Shabbos, stand firm and strong in very difficult circumstances and put in time learning and knowing and, and keeping every mitzvah b'diktuk. And, and that's something that is an, a, a, a path of Hashem that's, that's admirable. It takes a lot of strength of character. And some people say, yeah, you know, it, it means that I can just be part of the world and sort of pay token, uh, you know, do this. Those, that's not monorthodoxy. That's personal, you know, that's, that's doing what you want to do. Understand, aderech has to be something that I feel there's an area that, so I can, I can say some Hasidim learn less in yeshivas than literature, but they put a lot of effort into davening. They go to the mikveh every morning for davening, put on kartan, shake very hard, and be very mislahev. And there are some literature who don't daven so much like that, but put a lot of time to learning. There are some people that put a tremendous amount of time in helping people and, and, and selfless in that. If it takes sweat and blood, then it's got a chance as being a viable. And as I was saying, you know, if a person, if modern orthodoxy means I'm reaching and facing every challenge. It's challenging, to, to, and and a person stands strong and firm, and 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 doesn't cut corners. That's 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 another derech of Hashem. Now as Rosh Hashanah there in that sense. So, a person needs to understand who he is, what he is, 
what would fit his personality. There's, a, there's an emotionally expressive person who needs to express his Judaism emotionally, and then a, a type of Hasidus works. There's a person who needs a lot more an approach that taxes the mind as that. There's some people that need to do. They're activists. They need to do and to do. And that's another. Uh, they, they, they belong in some world of, of, of a chesed community and, and so on. Those are all... And there's a choices that after 120, we will be held accountable for the choice. Why we made that choice and, and, and so on. And if a person digs honestly himself... He'll find it. Ultimately, after 120, an Adam God once told me, I was a young boy, I was, I was maybe 20 at the time, and I had a long discussion with a very big person, and he said, you make a mistake. When you come in Shemayim and you say, listen to that Torah, that itself is a decision. And who you chose to listen to and who you chose to avoid is your decision. He said, it, you face the Yom Adin yourself. And, it, you know, if you honestly believe that this person is, is the person who knows right and you're willing to listen to it, then fine. Then that itself is a good decision. But, but if the decision was a way to avoid taking responsibility and say, don't ask me, he told me. You, can't, you can use that excuse here. You can't use that excuse over there. That, that was the way the person put it. So, yes, if a person chose a community based on he felt that this would tax and bring out the best of his Ruchnisi kochos in a way that he can survive. Yes, a person can say, well, if, 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 if I follow Chaim Kanyevsky, I'm just, just, just the side. You can't. You don't have... It's, it's, it's like trying to emulate a runner that I'm not built like that. I have to be honest if, you know, the, 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 I have to be honest who I could be. But I need to... So I need... It's, a, it's, it's the biggest decision we actually make in life, in, in Ruchnisi's life. Who am I? What can I be like? And what, which side of the mountain climb faces, you know, fits me the best? Um, and and uh, at the end of the day, you can be helped by people to make that decision, but at the end of the day, you, you'll make the decision and you'll be held accountable. That's the, you know, we, every single one of us. Okay, um, so I, 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 yeah. Our intention was to have sessions in the afternoon as well, but I could see about Moxon said to me that Sunday's the worst day because everybody's struggling to get away from their families, which is understandable. So we, we, we could try and put in another session this afternoon, or we could just, you know. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Two things that I thought might be valuable. One was this kind of discussion. In other words, applied hashkafa. Okay. My time is, is, is my time is your time. So okay. um, I've left my family behind, so I'm not bothered by the. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So so I'm I, again I'm 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 flexible in within the framework of Rabbi Tabak. Okay, I mean, I'd be uh, very. Okay, um, is there a metric okay. dole here or not? This yes. Okay, which which one in the in the big show? In the big show, the main show.